the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Wasting all the time is weighing on my conscience. Feeling done again, feeling I can't shake. Think I'm finally awake. I'd rather do it right than make it be a fake. I know that dreams come true, but I never thought that I would have to leave you. Welcome in. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement. Trying to kind of weed out the noise that is CNBC at times and focusing in on maxing out that 401k. Helping me help you today, Lindley Browning from Newsweek. How are you, Lindley? How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling in and... uh Calling in from New York, and you got some bitter cold weather out there, don't you? Indeed, we do. So you've done a recent story on Warren Buffett. Um, what was the angle that you took going into uh, uh, studying up on Warren Buffett? You know, the company Berkshire Hathaway is a bellwether for many reasons in this economy. It's a company that's had exceptional returns, and it's a company that has been run for basically half a century by Warren Buffett himself, which means that Warren Buffett has an exalted status in American investing circles. And there are starting to be questions about the clarity and transparency of some of Berkshire's filings. Nobody's suggesting that the company is doing anything improper. Nobody's suggesting there's anything with the county, but it's highly unusual in this day and age for a major publicly traded corporation, in particular one as prominent as this, to be so relatively opaque. It's interesting that you bring that up, because the last time that anyone was really critical of Warren Buffett was in the late 1990s when he wasn't owning tech companies and the markets had these outsized gains. Then he's done pretty well since then. He, he You know, he... Looked pretty smart for not being in tech companies in 2000. He, a lot of people like me look at him and rever him and say, you know, he's one of the richest men in the world and he did it by slowly acquiring companies. But as he got on into his career, he wasn't just acquiring companies. He was taking in options on them and getting convertible stock, stuff that you and I can't do, Lindley. Um, it was a lot of very sophisticated financial moves. Right. Um, particular playing with derivatives, um, the world of insurance and accounting and how the what is known as the float, um, basically a giant cash pool, is used is amazingly complex and not something that any ordinary investor can get a handle on. So you're exactly right. These types of things that you're describing are very much at odds with the plain speaking, all shock, democratic, populist oracle of Omaha image that, 
that Warren Buffett has. So where does this go, in your opinion? Um, he's certainly not being investigated by the SEC. He's certainly not going to go down in history as a, a bad man, because he's got that aw shucks kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, do we just kind of... Uh, we can't be like him, but we can watch him from a distance. And, you know, like I've heard he's looking at, you know, German companies now. And even if he buys a German company, I'm not going to try to emulate that because my comfort level of the German stock market is not the same as it is the U.S. stock market. Mm-hmm. Where do you think this goes for him? This is all going to get – your question of where it goes is, is exactly why I looked at this story when I did. Um you know, he is nearing retirement age. He's 84 years old, and who knows whether that will happen in a couple of years or many years or whenever. He has chosen a successor, uh, but he has not made that successor. And the fact is that whoever ends up running this company may not have the benefit of Warren Buffett's trust me. I, I, you know, you just don't need to know all the details attitude. Um and even persons who may end up, a person or person who ends up running the company may not want that kind of attitude. I mean, the, the type of corporate leadership that Warren Buffett has had for many, many decades at Berkshire Hathaway, not something that is exposed in this era of enhanced transparency and uh, increased uh, communication with Wall Street, which Warren Buffett famously dislikes. I mean, Berkshire Hathaway is a humongous company. It doesn't have an investor relations department. That That is absolutely unheard of on Wall Street. It doesn't hold conference calls with Wall Street analysts. It makes it very hard for Wall Street analysts to uh, get any uh, clarification and additional understanding to the SEC filing. And part of it is that, uh, you know, Berkshire's shareholder base is essentially mom-and-pop investors, not relatively, not as much big, giant institutions that could put pressure on the company to have those stronger lines of communication. Lynn or Lindley Browning, Newsweek, Warren Buffett's transparency problem. You can find it online at newsweek.com. What's the final statement that you want to throw out there about Warren Buffett? Final statement is that the, 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 he has clearly been a phenomenally successful investor. You know, book value at shares of nearly seven hundred thousand percent under his half century reign. Market value of those shares two and a half times that level. He's making money hands over fist. Now I think we want, especially if he's nearing retirement age and there will be succession issues, we want to know a little bit more about the economics of some of the poor Lindley, I'm looking at your bio, and one of the things it mentions is that you used to cover commodities in Moscow in the 1990s. Off-topic yeah, yeah. off of Warren Buffett, what do you think is going to happen with Putin and Russia? How does that story end? Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's obviously taken quite a turn with Nimsov's assassination. Um, you know, this has that that very, very sad event has all the hallmarks of a Kremlin ordered hit 
Um, it's a very clear message to those who would seek to challenge Putin and ordinary voters who are increasingly distressed by a an increasingly authoritarian hand. Does he go down? Does the country break apart? Or is he able to keep that country together? There's no way the country's going to break apart. And I mean, rightly or wrongly, he's done a fantastic job of actually holding the country together. Now he has, at times, done that very much so at the price of swelling dissent and stamping out on dissenters. Um, you know, the actions against the punk rock band Pussy Riot, the detention of uh, the detention of the Navalny brothers and, you know, Khodorkovsky, the oil magnate who used to be one of the richest men in Russia until the Putin regime threw in the slammer in Siberia for well over a decade. He's back. He's in Russia. Um, I, I wonder how much Yanukovych's know, assassination is a message to Khodorkovsky. Thanks very much for being with us. It's Lindley Browning with Newsweek. I had to ask her about Russia because her bio is one of the coolest bios I've ever seen for a reporter. Um, it's got the typical New York Times, Fortune Reuters, offshore private banking, legal insurance. But then you go into she um, regularly broke news on energy and commodities for Reuters in Moscow in the 1990s. She's also written for Ruth Madoff, Chelsea Clinton's Wedding, Chechen Oil Pipelines, and Krav Maga. She grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Fluent in Russian, she's been down in the mines, nickel mines, in the Russian high Arctic. The Russian high Arctic, like how many people even know that concept, let alone get to live in that that, that world? Uh, she walked the slippery oil platforms in Baku and lived with collective farmers in Krasnodar. That is a reporter's reporter. That is someone who has seen parts of the world that you and I will never, ever, ever get to see. Um, and I think that's pretty darn cool. She did an article for Newsweek called What's in Your iPhone? And it you know, highlighted some of the, the horrible, horrific conditions around the world of you know, how do we get you know, um, commodities that can ultimately be put into modern electronics that are mined in war zones. And uh, again, not something I'm smart enough to handle. I'll tell you what, I want the iWatch, but I don't want to think about how the iWatch is made. I want a big, fat, juicy steak, but I don't want to know where it came from. So uh, I'm pretty sure most Americans would become vegetarian if you went to a working farm for 72 hours. Most Americans would, would give up uh, meat. It's been about 20 years since the suddenly famous Beanie Baby Bubble went bust. We'll talk Beanie Baby Bubbles. Because, again, it shows you that we're delusional as a society. We buy things that make no sense. People were buying and selling Beanie Babies with markups of 1,000% on eBay. Does that make you have any confidence in, in how Wall Street works? We bought pet rocks in the 70s. Um, Beanie Babies flopped during their initial debut. But the owner of the company pressed forward with the product he believed in more than anyone else. His obsession became an asset. He would suddenly change product designs. Collectors and wannabe entrepreneurs would snap up the $5 plushes and resell them for $1,000 markups. 
of course, prices for Beanie Babies eventually crashed. You know one of the reasons things crashed? Like, if you have an old Star Wars figure from 1977 that your mom left in the attic, you think it's worth a lot of money, it's worth nothing. Before the internet and eBay, it was worth a lot of money because people couldn't find them. But now you can find hundreds and thousands and millions of them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I want to again thank Lindley Browning from Newsweek for being with us. I thought that was pretty nice. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.